0: the truth news network when you can stand with a clear mind while all around you are losing theirs you must be listening to tnn the truth news network
1: and your better man is dan newman better man i guess that compares me to oh i don't know Just any old regular Tom, Dick, or Harry out there, right? (laughs) Good morning, everybody. Welcome to a brand new week. Welcome back to TNN Live. Thank you for being here. And as I was out of town, took the show on the road to Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, the world's largest knife show. We did the show live from there. And I thank you for all of you that listened in on Thursday and Friday. Well... I can't tell you how busy the day's going to be at TNN Live. We are unpacking some things that'll blow your mind, and I'm not exaggerating at all. So you just go grab another cup of coffee or a soft drink and sit back and relax with Chicago. We'll be back in just a minute, and we are going to crack open some amazing secrets today. i Musician song musicians listen to that. Besides Pete terra who had one of the best voices of a lead singer in any band of the day back in the '70s and '80s, he's the uh, the original lead singer for Chicago. Besides that, those guys can really play. Oh my gosh, I miss those guys. I miss the Doobie Brothers when Michael McDonald was with them. There are a lot of other bands out there that I miss. Oh, well, that just means we're getting old, doesn't it, James? James Posey, my drummer buddy. Once again, welcome to TNN Live. And I told you we're going to break down some really important things. Let me tell you something. I want to put in context what's happening on the landscape of our political nation today. And this is a critical time in our nation's governmental history. Why? Our government's gone to pot. Nobody can credibly... Try to counter that. I could spend all day discounting, refuting any, anybody that would come on this show live. And I welcome you at any time, toll free, 1-866-37-TRUTH, one 378 i will pay for the phone call. I will not demean you in any way. But we need to talk. We need to think fact to fact. And forget about all the emotion in this. We're at a bad spot in our nation. And we've got to have somebody running this thing that has a freaking idea of how to run anything. Especially a government as big as the government is of this country. Joe Biden can't do it. He's failed miserably. I know there are about nine people that think they can do it, and they want to get in on the Republican side, a couple on the Democrat side. Chris Christie is about to announce, and let me warn you in advance, Chris Christie's not running to be the president. He knows darn well he cannot win an election. The rhinos in the Republican Party, rhinos R-I-N-O, Republican in name only, they're propping him up to be the paid political assassin he is going to go after his former buddy and now his nemesis, Donald Trump. Chris Christie's going to be doing it twenty-four-seven. You watch. You watch. He thinks he can take on Donald Trump. Donald Trump one-on-one in a real debate of substance. When you pay, if you if you compare what Chris Christie did when he was the governor of New Jersey. And compare that to what Donald Trump did when he was president of the United States. Chris Christie, and I want to be crude, but he can't even carry Donald Trump's jock. Well, Dan, you sound like a hardcore, in-the-tank Donald Trump sycophant. I will tell you this. I'm on record, before Donald and Melania came down the escalator, before they even announced they were going to run for president, I went public in writing and predicted that if Donald Trump does decide to get in the race back in 2016, he will be the president. Why? On what did I base that? I was asked that by a lot of good friends. Let me just say this. I've lost some friends because of my support of Donald Trump. I'm a businessman. I have a 32-year-old company that is sweat and work- that me and a bunch of other people put in, and it employs a bunch of people, people that in the South really shouldn't be in a position to have the jobs that they have right now. But because we wanted to do it right, we wanted to give people chances, people that weren't college graduates. All of our people are high school graduates. Many of them are single moms that struggle. You know that whole scenario. And we give them a chance, a good chance on equal footing. We needed and we need again today somebody in the White House that understands that. It's not about doing favors for some political person that will pat you on the back and it's a quid pro quo. You write me a check for my campaign, I get elected, I'm going to give you a brand new bridge, a bridge to nowhere. Remember that debacle? We don't need that anymore. We're seeing that played out right now in ways that we couldn't have even imagined. If you pulled back the curtain, and we could see exactly how much corrupt dollars and cents have changed hands, not just within the United States between corporate people and evil politicians and between themselves, but from foreign leaders, foreign dignitaries, foreign corporate moguls that are buying and have been buying our government for years. We wouldn't know what to do. It's happening. It's happening. And there are a very concentrated, committed group of people today that are trying their darndest to pull back all of the cover and show us, show all of us, hey, here's what's really going on. And this has been going on for some time. They're trying their best to do that. At the same time, you have a group of people that are, it's, it's almost like two dogs digging a hole. One of them is digging it out. And the other dog is standing on the pile of dirt as it comes out and is digging it, throwing it back into the hole. That's what we are fighting right now today give you a prime example today Christopher Ray FBI director you know that form 20 i think it's 2023 1020 it's a 1023 form it's not even classified it's a document that the FBI fills out when somebody gets a tip on something that may be worth investigating that 1023 came from one of the FBI's best long term sources intelligence sources What does that mean? It means the stuff on that form is reliable. And so what the FBI does when they fill out a 1023, somebody in the upper echelon on the top two floors of the J. Edgar Hoover building make a unilateral decision this warrants a full investigation of some sort. And then they put it in the process. That form 1023 that credibly alleges Joe Biden himself, when he was vice president, instigated a process that paid him $5 million from a foreign government source, which is a violation of federal law. It is a felony, and if you do that, get caught, prosecuted, you're going to prison. And guess what happened in the James Comey FBI? Remember James Comey? Nothing happened. It was shelved. It was put in the back of a drawer on a filing cabinet. They buried it. And so now they can pull it out and say, well, look here. You know, we got this form filed. This information was here. But there was no credible evidence provided with the file. We didn't think it warranted an investigation. What I just said, you're going to hear it this week after Chris Ray brings that form and he shows it to representative Comer head of the oversight committee and also Jamie Raskin who's the head of nothing he is he's a waste of air as a democrat in the senate i i just i can't even understand what that man thinks but he's going to get to see the form himself so he'll come out of the skiff that's a secure setting in which they're going to look at it christopher ray won't even bring him won't even give him a copy a certified copy He's going to hand-carry it in there. No, not everybody can see it. Ooh, you're not qualified. We're just going to let a couple of people see it. And then, of course, it's going to be heavily redacted because they don't want it to turn into anything else. But let me tell you, it is something else, and it's going to turn into something else. This is one more layer of peeling the apple that has got to be peeled to see what's underneath. I'll just finish this little segment. You got this opening for free. I'll end it by saying this. If we don't intervene in our government, if we don't get rid of the graft and corruption at every level, if we don't do that now, our grandchildren will not have a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. They'll be bowing to some kind of propped-up autocrat that may even have the last name Hitler. And I'm not joking. Authoritarian rule is what these Democrats, the entire party, want. What's authoritarian rule? We need to go to school and learn that. You need to understand what it is. Authoritarian means one person is in charge and has a very small, very devoted group of people that with this person at the top of the heap, they unilaterally run the entire government. There's no Congress. If there's some kind of entity that is like a Congress, it's feckless. They basically will get together and meet and recommend things to the authoritarian group and this leader at the top. We are so close to that, it is breathtaking to me. Look at this election coming up already. I mean, we're a year and a half away from the election. Look at what's going on. How many people are running for the Republican nomination? Nine, ten, all rolled in. There will be probably another four or five all doing it in the name of real conservatism. Yeah, right. Chris Christie, we're told he's going to jump in. You know Chris Christie. He's the fat guy around the middle, the short, fat guy that was the governor of New Jersey, Uh, You're going out on a limb, Dan. You're talking about things you don't need to talk about. I'm overweight. I know it, but I'm not a short, fat guy. (laughs) And I'm certainly, I don't have a governorship in my rearview mirror. Why would Chris Christie jump into the race to run for the Republican nomination? He's done it before, failed miserably. He, He doesn't have a snowball's chance in Hades of becoming the Republican nominee for the 2024 election. It isn't going to happen. He knows better than you or I that that's not going to happen. So what's going on there? He has a circle of people called rhinos around him. Now, a month ago, I actually ran from the back of a truck in Africa. (laughs) We ran from a rhino that was chasing us. I've got the video proof. I went out on one of those little get-togethers out in the wild while I was in Harare, Zimbabwe. That's not the rhino I'm talking about. Republican in name only. That's people that say they're conservative because they're members of the Republican Party, but they're anything but conservative. They're the ones that want to coach themselves as being conservatives, but they're really not. Rhino means Republican in name only. So, a group of high-up rhinos in business, major corporations, and some politicians that all identify there. Paul Ryan, you remember him? He ran as Mitt Romney's vice president candidate when they got beat in the midterms by Joe Biden. And Barack Obama, you remember him? He was the Speaker of the House for two years, Trump's first two years As president, he fought everything he possibly could that Trump wanted to get passed. And then he decided, I'm done with this. After two years, he didn't even run for reelection to Congress. But guess where he is today? He's high atop the building, the Fox News building. He's on the board there. And he is doing what rhinos do. This is a direct quote from Paul Ryan, former Republican from Wisconsin. Member of Congress, former Speaker of the House. Quote, if Donald Trump wins the Republican nomination for president, I will not go to the Republican National Convention. Now, a couple of little thoughts on that. Number one, who gives a rip? I don't care if you go. You lost. You were a loser. And then you go to Fox News and you dumb it down and make it more... Rhino, instead of being just a straight conservative voice of the American people, you've got to manipulate everything. Look, the truth lives in a vacuum. Nobody has the power to reach into that vacuum and twist the truth around to fit whatever their political narrative of the day is. You know what I mean? Chris Christie is going to have a buttload full of campaign dollars, and here's what he is running for. And I've got the word running in open and closed quotation marks. He's not running. He's a suicide bomber and nothing else. 24-7, Chris Christie will take that campaign money. He'll do interviews on every news show that he can get to come talk to him, bring him in, and then he'll have these rallies around the nation, and he is going to do nothing but attack Donald Trump. They got to take Donald Trump down, and of course, everybody—oh my gosh! Everybody knew Ron DeSantis is going to run, and when he runs, oh ho, oh, oh, that's it for Trump. Well, everybody's after Donald Trump, and guess what's happening? The American people know it. Real conservatives in the nation know it. I am not a hardcore, in-the-tank Trump addict. I'm not. Don't ever think that I am or that anything we do at Truth News Network is about that. Because that's not what we're about. We're about finding facts. Period. And it doesn't matter. Facts don't have an R or a D. (laughs) It just doesn't exist. Facts are facts. And that's what we're after. So we're going to find facts. We're going to continue to find them And open them up. But let me just say this. DeSantis came in. He was going to blow Trump away. He didn't blow Trump away. In fact, the ratings come out. Basically, Trump's still 20 points ahead of the field. And the next closest, of course, is Ron DeSantis. DeSantis, he's been a politician. What does that mean? He's got some stuff in his rearview mirror that he's not proud of. He's out there attacking Trump on several levels for things that he's not even telling the truth about when he's saying them. We'll get into more of that during the day today. But the big question is, with everybody going after Trump like they are, is there any chance that Trump can win a general election? Do you think he can? I think he can. But what we're going to have to do is keep getting the facts. We've got to get the facts. We have to talk about the facts. We can't just sit by and trust that people that are watching and listening and hearing all of this insane stuff, we can't just trust that they're going to get it. We've got to make sure they get it. Now, that's going to make... You move from your, um, your comfort zone. It is. But you got to do things like what we're about to talk about right now. you got to talk about it with other people. Now, this race, this particular one, I've not seen one like it recently. It may be less about how strong of a candidate, whoever the GOP nominee is, and more about the ability of that candidate to do something to capitalize on President Biden's weaknesses. And he's got a few. (laughs) His increasing age, his massive verbal bungles we every day, his sinking economy, Biden inflation, rising crime, all of those are massive factors that say he's going to have a hard time shaking the responsibility for all of that while making a bid for a second term as president. But there's one particular reason this could be so bad for Biden. And Donald Trump, if he becomes the Republican candidate, could exploit this Joe Biden weakness. Biden's facing a record low numbers of disapproval among independent voters, which is a crucial voting block. They're going to decide. They decide every presidential race. Independents are the ones that they're not committed to one party or the other. They just choose the best person in a political race, and they vote that way, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat. More significantly, this was a voting block that went from Trump to Biden back in 2020, arguably giving Biden the presidency. Political commentators, you know those brain surgeons... They go on TV and they pontificate and try to make us think they're the experts. They often argue that Trump's greatest weakness is the polarizing nature of his candidacy, especially after what happened on January 6, 2021 at the Capitol. But that was more than two years ago. Other polarizing events have happened since then, and they happened during Biden's presidency. So, Can independents forgive Trump but not Biden? The media is not talking about it all that much. But Biden's loss among independent voters could be the key to Trump's win in 2024. Biden's pitch for the presidency in 2020 was that he was the uniter-in-chief. Remember that? I don't want to be the president of Democrats I want to be the president of all Americans. I'm the great uniter. Horse hockey. He told us he was kind, middle of the road, one of those moderate Democrats who could take on Trump without sinking to Trump's level. Biden's presidency, to be honest with you, has proven exactly opposite of those things. So look, at, let's look at his approach. Approval ratings, Biden, at this particular point. Fox News, A-, minus approved 28%, disapproved 70%. Quinnipiac, I gave him an A, approved 29%, disapproved 62%. Monmouth, approved 31%, disapproved 59%. Now, this is among independents right now. CBS, 34% approved. disapprove. The average of all that, 31% of independent Americans approve of Biden's job. 64% say, "Uh uh-uh. That means his negative is 33 points down from his approval number. Anybody who studies election results in depth understands a couple of things. First, the base is going to turn out. It always does in both parties. Second, elections are won right dab-nab in the middle. Yet consultants in the media who focus on which party's base voters are the most motivated, they continually miss the larger point. Neither party's base is big enough to win an election, any election. Why? Because winning is not all about the base. It's about the political center of the country, those people who aren't affiliated with either Democrat or Republican, and they're called independents. Let me give you some proof. A 2021 poll said that more independent voters prefer to see Trump over Biden on the ballot in 2024. That's from 2021. That poll found that 67% of independent voters say Biden shouldn't even run for a second term. 59% believe Trump should not run again, too. Only 31% of independents think Trump should run again. And even smaller, 23%, believe Biden should make a second bid for the White House. A more recent poll found that 60% of independents disapproved And 33%, only 33% approved. Approved of what? Of Joe Biden. It may be for this reason that Democrats are worrying about a Biden presidential run, period. He's not as likable as he was in 2020. His reputation's going to be a hard one to save. A guy named Jim Messina, who I... I kind of like him. He was a campaign manager for President Barack Obama's reelection. He said this about his party, Democrats. Democrats, he said, are bedwetters historically. There's like just full-throated effing panic. <laughs> There's a guy that looks in and he understands the political election process. Trump couldn't make the case to independents. That Biden has lied to them, that he ended up dividing more than he's united, and that the former president may be the unconventional man for the job. Now, there's no doubt Trump's going to have a tough time making his case to the middle. But he did it once. He did it in 2016. He has a fair chance of doing it again. Why? Because look what he did for Americans his four years in the White House. Now, why do you think he's still 20-plus points ahead? Some polls still have him 30 points ahead of Ron DeSantis. It's because Donald Trump has history at the national level, he has history of a campaign, full-blown campaign, in which every candidate that runs for anything promises the people that are going to vote the moon. Donald Trump gave the people what he promised he would do if he was elected president in 2016. He was elected And he did those things. The only things he was unsuccessful getting done for the American people were those things that Congress would not pass. All of this political class, this class of people that, i got to be honest with you, I'd like to put them all on a big boat, push them out in the Atlantic Ocean and push them way out there, They put a slow leak in the bottom of that boat because they do nothing but mess with the American people's minds. They pontificate about everything. They somehow got endowed from on high. We can say anything, and you've got to accept it. Why? Because we're the elite, the political elite. We've been anointed. We're the ones that have all the answers. Don't listen to any of these other people. Yeah, those are the ones that need to get on that boat I was just referencing. If Trump, if he runs, and I'm not even sure he'll stay in the race because they're doing everything they can to chase him out of it. But if he presses on and runs, and I'm pretty sure he's going to do that, he'll tear people apart just being Donald Trump. Have you noticed If you've seen his speeches, he's toned it down a little bit. That will resonate well with some of the Christian community that just swallow hard. Many of them can't support Donald Trump because of his messaging, things he says. But I'll tell you what I explained to my my brother. After Donald Trump became president, he asked me, he said, would you write a letter Can you get it to Trump or get it to the White House? And in it, I want want to say how supportive I am of the president. I want to make sure he understands that, but I'm going to suggest that he in his messaging is alienating a lot of good people, a lot of people on the right that are Christian people. They just can't reconcile that. And I told him, yeah, I'll get the letter up there. I actually got it to Ivanka. And I have a uh, an email process in which I can see when somebody for sure gets one of my emails, and then I'll get another email if they open it. When they open it, I get it, and it has all the data from when they do that. And that letter showed up at Ivanka's place. If she opened it, somebody did there. And whether or not she got it to her dad, I'll have no idea. He obviously didn't change his messaging. But here's what I told my older brother. You know, I'm a Christian. I don't I don't use profanity. I purposely, I don't demean other people, especially in public. I would never do that to anybody. I don't have that authority, in my opinion. Only God does. And of course, the guy's wife. <laughs> Wives have the unilaterally, not just permission, but they, they're anointed <laughs> to diminish, demean their, uh, I'm joking. Marianne, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Everybody but you. My point is, and I told my brother this, the messaging that Donald Trump does, it resonates with more Americans. I'm talking about middle class, lower class, economical people. I'm talking about the heart of the United States of America. We look at the political world and we fuss at those people that are out there pontificating using what they call moderation, using whatever is only lies, but they title it as moderation. We're, you know, in the middle of the road, all that kind of stuff is horse hockey. That's what I say about it. People out there in the Netherlands across the belt of the United States, they call it plain old BS, They call it exactly what it is. That resonates with more Americans than does we want you, Mr. President, to clean up your messaging. And I'm going to say one thing crass, and I don't want to hack off anybody when I say this. I was asked by one of my closest friends in college, why in the world, as a Christian, would you even consider voting for Donald Trump? And you know what my answer was to her? The reason I'm voting for Donald Trump is because Jesus Christ is not on the ballot. Now, wait a minute. Are you likening Donald Trump to Jesus Christ? No, I'm not. I'm saying as a Christian, I voted for who would do the best job, in my opinion, as president. And a best job to me as an entrepreneur, a business owner, doing the best job to me is defined as doing what's best for the American people in total abandonment of what you, whoever fills that spot, what you want. It doesn't matter what you want. We hope you want all that the people want. But even when that's not the case, we want you to choose not what you want, but what the people of the United States want. And Donald Trump was the only one in 2016 that fit that bill. By the way, same thing in 2020. It's interesting, and I said I'd go right to uh, commercial break. Before I do that, I want to say this. Donald Trump would be the president if the votes had been counted correctly in 2020. You can't say that, Dan. Well, this show is not on YouTube. It's not on any major news network. It's streaming live to more than 150 different countries around the globe. And unless they shut down the satellites, I can say anything on this show. And I'm going to say things that are truthful. And what I just told you, no matter if you get labeled or I get labeled an election denier, go ahead and call me what you want. Facts are facts. We the people need to stand up and not cower when somebody says, oh, we're going to diminish you. You're one of those 2020 election deniers. No, I'm not a denier. I'm about counting every vote in every election that is cast legally by somebody who is legally able and endowed to vote. And throwing out every other ballot. I don't care who it is. And what determines who has the right to vote? It's what the law says. Period. And I want 535 people. That's the United States Congress. And I want the two people at the top of the heap in the White House, president and vice president. I want nine Supreme Court justices. I want everybody in government to adhere to the oaths of office that each one of them took when they were elected or appointed and put one hand on the Bible and the other up in the air and took an oath of office to the United States of America to serve, to serve according to the laws legally passed by Congress and signed into law by whoever was president at the time. If it's in writing, if it's signed, enforce it. If you don't enforce it, have the chutzpah to Write your letter of resignation and leave the job you're in because you don't deserve to be serving the American people if you're not serving the American people.
2: 35 years after the original movie, Fox is bringing you back to where it all began. Nobody puts baby in the corner. This is the real Dirty Dance. Yeah. Eight celebrities compete to become the real Baby and Johnny. Forget my Johnny here. Some will rise. Oh. Some will fall. Oh. All will have the time of their life. Oh. The Real Dirty Dancing four-week event.
3: Starts Tuesday at 9 on Fox 5.
4: Does it matter to you that all our chefs are well-trained or that our kitchens are both SLSI and GMP certified, that we freshly bake goodies throughout the day? Well, it matters to us to know that your family will enjoy every bite. At Keel's, we're fresh because of what we do. But more than that, we're fresh because of you.
2: Starbucks Via Instant is made with the same 100% Arabica beans served at Starbucks. So it's the only instant with the rich, delicious taste of the Starbucks coffees you love and takes only seconds to make. Starbucks Via Instant, the only instant coffee of its kind. Available in black-flavored lattes and iced coffee.
0: When your cable company keeps you on hold, you get angry. While some compromise to be nice, others aggressively hold to the truth. Guess which one we are? TNN, the Truth News Network.
1: I don't know about nice. I don't think I'm not nice. I'm just not driven by that. I just want to get stuff out there that challenges you and you go find out whether it's true or not. We mentioned Ron DeSantis. First of all, let me make it very clear. If Ron DeSantis wins the Republican Party nomination for president, I'm going to vote for him. I am. But I'm not ready for that to happen. There's a long time before we decide who's going to represent the Republican Party. By the way, I'm not even a registered Republican. But I believe more in line with true conservative thoughts, And ideals and ideology and principles, yada, yada, yada. And right now, there's only one that's even close to that. And that's the Republican Party. But I'm not going to vote for Ron DeSantis because I like Ron DeSantis or don't like somebody else. I'm voting for whoever the person is, in my opinion, that will do the best job as president representing the people. He's now candidate, candidate Governor Ron DeSantis. And during the pandemic, if you don't remember, he uh, he ascended to conservative folk hero status. Why? He bucked federal government guidance by keeping much of his state open in the middle of lockdowns, dismissing masks, and he called them political theater. No lockdowns in Florida, it's not going to happen. That's what he said in March of 2021 in the middle of an approaching second wave of lockdowns across the nation. He said, we're not going to let anyone close our schools. We're not going to let anyone take your jobs. We're not going to let anyone close your business. But I want to point out something. DeSantis' pandemic response, it was not always different from that. And you think I'm going to say of Donald Trump, uh uh-uh of Dr. Anthony Fauci. Now, wait a minute, Dan. Fauci and DeSantis, they weren't like hand-in-hand or anything. Let's just look back a little bit. Fauci helped lead the White House response in the Trump and Biden administrations, both of them. And Fauci recommended shuttering schools and other public gathering spaces. Why? Well, that's a way to prevent the spread of covid And while DeSantis now tries to cut a path for himself as the GOP candidate with the best pandemic credentials, he's going to ultimately have to get past front-running candidate Donald Trump, who has also made a brand of publicly criticizing Fauci and Fauci's guidance. I think Trump did great for three years. This is Governor DeSantis talking. But when he turned the country over to Fauci in March of 2020, that destroyed millions of people's lives. Now, DeSantis said that. That's a quote last week when he was announcing his bid for the White House. To be sure, as the fast-spreading pandemic infiltrated the U.S., Trump did turn to Fauci, the country's top infectious disease scientist, to help lead the country's response. But... Trump eventually disagreed with Fauci's austere big government guidance. Of course, that included the mask wearing thing. We went through all of the take it off, leave it off, put it on, wear two, wear three, all of that Fauciism that changed every other day, it seemed, and grew tired, did Trump, of what Fauci's outside public persona was in the crisis. It was more symbolism than substance. DeSantis' criticism of Trump and Fauci hit an obstacle this week. Already, comments resurfaced of DeSantis praising Dr. Fauci and Fauci's action at the beginning of the pandemic. Want an example? March of 2020, he said that Fauci then Vice President Mike Pence, then Surgeon General Dr. Jerome Adams and Dr. Deborah Burks, also a member of the Trump White House's COVID response team, DeSantis said they had so far worked very hard. They're really doing a good job. That's a quote from the governor. It's a tough, tough situation, but they're working really hard and on the same day. DeSantis announced his run for president. Trump issued a press release with examples of what he thought further proved DeSantis' lying record on COVID-19. One of those highlighted, and there's a list of them out there. If you want that list, I'll send it to you. Drop me an email, dan at truthnewsnet.org. Dan at truthnewsnet.org. One of those things highlighted was when DeSantis in March of 2020 thanked Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci for supporting a travel restriction. Quote the governor, Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci agree there's too high a risk that travelers from the New York tri-state area have been exposed to hashtag COVID-19. That's the governor DeSantis tweet. I appreciate their support for my executive order requiring such individuals flying into Florida to self-quarantine for 14 days. DeSantis's team has responded by arguing Trump never fired Fauci, something that DeSantis claims he would have done early on. Others point out that Trump defended Fauci from criticism early on and allowed him to stay in the administration. And then the vaccine thing, but another dispute between political rivals. Trump has pointed out that while he was in office, DeSantis supported his Operation Warp Speed program, which was designed to get a vaccine made and approved as quickly as possible, and said the vaccines were saving lives. And then in April of 21, DeSantis received a vaccine, and throughout the pandemic, he advocated for getting them to senior citizens. If, if, You are vaccinated, fully vaccinated. The chance of you getting seriously ill or dying from COVID is effectively zero. Ron DeSantis. Vaccines have been a double-edged sword for Trump. And pretty much every doctor out there, every politician out there. In the beginning of the pandemic, he likewise declared the vaccines were safe and effective. Did Trump and his administration refer their development under OWS as a historic achievement. But mandates for vaccines? To maintain active military status and return to such places as schools, restaurants, and offices? Mandates, over time, alienated voters who argued forcing them to get a shot was a health risk, and it violated their constitutional rights. More recently, Trump said in an early balloting state, Iowa, that everybody wanted a vaccine at that time, but was never for mandates. In November of 21, DeSantis outlawed vaccine mandates in his stage. And then lockdowns. Despite locking down his state in April 2020. Oh, you forgot about that. Yeah, he locked down his state in April of 2020. DeSantis announced by the end of that same month that a reopening process could begin, and he bragged that they'd flattened the curve on rising cases. By September 25th, the lockdown in Florida was gone. Opposing lockdowns has noticeably been a focus of DeSantis' campaign rhetoric. In his video, his campaign announcement video, he said Florida chose facts over fear and held the line when freedom hung in the balance, appearing to clearly allude to the pressure by public health officials continually pushing for lockdowns after Florida reopened. Trump, however, points out that DeSantis, at least for some, shut down the state, even its beaches, unlike some other Republican governors. Trump also said Florida was third in COVID deaths in the country, and that even New York had fewer deaths than did Florida. DeSantis, of course, called the charge ridiculous, accused Trump of locking down the country, and called elevating New York's COVID response a sign he'd he down on his lockdowns. I know it's a surprise, but sometimes politicians don't tell the truth. Ooh. Sometimes I just don't do it. Oh my gosh. There's a lot of things out there that are grossly overestimated, grossly underestimated. Now let me give you a covid bomb truth. The 600,000 plus of you that are listening right now, turn your turn your sound up you got to hear this. I'm going to give you a COVID fact that is going to blow your mind. Research journals. Now, what are research journals? These are those medical journals that are published all over the world. These are the sources of all the science of medicine that are used, things that are used to for your doctor to learn what to do or not to do treating you. And they analyze everything. They publish reports of laboratory testing. All of those things rolled in. Well, putting all of the research journals from around the planet together, those journals have collectively withdrawn over 300 articles on COVID-19. Now, those articles all were about treating COVID-19. What to do, why to do it, what not to do, why not to do it, here are the facts, here are the lies. After all, what were we preached about during everything to do with COVID and our pandemic by Dr. Fauci? Follow the science, follow the science. And one more, more important thing, I'm going to quote good Dr. uh, Fauci when he said, quote, I am the science. Now, all these 300 articles, 300 articles, research journals have withdrawn. Every one of those 300 was endorsed by Anthony Fauci. So why did they withdraw over 300 articles on COVID-19 because of, and I'm going to quote, compromised ethical standards and concerns about the publication's scientific validity. A group called Retraction Watch has provided a running list of withdrawn papers on COVID-19 ranging from, quote, acute kidney injury associated with COVID-19 to can your AI differentiate cats from COVID-19. A total of 330 research papers have currently been retracted. So what's this all about? During the pandemic, researchers comprised a group of compromised ethical standards and tried to either get more publications approved or to take shortcuts around ethics. That's according to senior researcher Gunvi Grodenland at the Institute of Immunology at the University of Oslo, uh, Norway. And he says that after going through the list of articles that have been withdrawn and the reasons for them being withdrawn. It is quite natural for some articles to be updated or changed, to be published in a different form, some have been retracted because researchers did not get informed consent during their research. It will, of course, be withdrawn when it's found that ethical guidelines have been breached, he said. A Norwegian Higher Education and Research newspaper article pointed out that other articles have been withdrawn after editors noticed that the strategies the papers mention. We're giving the wrong impression in the media of being recommended as actual treatment or prevention of COVID-19. The writer said these sorts of articles had to be withdrawn as they claimed things that neither the authors of the articles nor their institutions could vouch for. In addition, some studies did not include a large enough sample size When more subjects were included, researchers could no longer maintain the same conclusions they made earlier about the effect of the drugs that they were promoting or talking about. Some 90,000 to 300,000 COVID-19 papers have been lodged since the start of the pandemic, dwarfing that of any other pandemic by orders of magnitude. An investigation by Monash University reported that even after papers were retracted, they continued to be cited. Among the more than 270,000 COVID-19 papers that have been lodged online since the beginning of the pandemic, 212 retracted papers investigated were cited 2,697 times, a median of seven times per paper. In other words, doctors said, and so whoever, whenever, to whomever, confirmed those doctors that said it, even if it had been withdrawn. Even prestigious journals like The Lancet were publishing these articles. One of The Lancet studies even caused both the WHO and the national government to stop the comprehensive testing of hydroxychloroquine's effectiveness against COVID-19, which we now know was a fraudulent thing to say. Hydroxychloroquine's been being used to treat infectious diseases since 1950 very effectively with hardly any side effects. When Fauci started preaching in the beginning against hydroxychloroquine, it became the flag warning if you even brought it up. If you're a journalist, if you're a doctor, if you even brought that up as something to even be considered, oh my gosh, you're going to die. We had people say that in my family. That's another story. The extensive Lancet study, allegedly based on research fraud, said that hydroxychloroquine increased the risk of heart arrhythmia and mortality for COVID-19 patients. None of that was true. Most of the retracted papers were published in smaller journals, the vaccine researcher pointed out. When you look at the articles that have been retracted, the vast majority were published in the less interesting journals. It is they who are mainly affected by withdrawals. It Sounds like somebody's trying to cover things up a little bit. But there were a number of environments that do not normally carry out research, which suddenly started producing research after receiving funding from local hospitals. Whenever you have a question of why or what, follow the money. This expert said it may have caused things to get a little out of hand in some places. <laughs> a recent case from the University of Manchester backtracked on an earlier study that said that COVID-19 was associated with hearing loss, tinnitus, that's ringing in the ears, and vertigo. Published in 2021, researchers said they had identified about 60 studies that report audio-vestibular problems and people with confirmed COVID 19. Our analysis of the pooled data published in the International Journal of Audi- Audiology reveals that 7 to 15% of adults diagnosed with COVID 19 report audio vestibular symptoms. That's according to audiology professor at the University of Manchester, Kevin Monroe. The most common symptom is tinnitus, followed by hearing difficulties and vertigo. Two years later, After the virus had been blamed for a range of health problems, including auditory disorders, the same university published a new study concluding hearing loss is unlikely to be caused by COVID-19. And there are more and more examples of that same kind of thing. Just because somebody says something is right doesn't make it right and just because somebody says something is wrong doesn't mean it's wrong oh my gosh this stuff is just getting out of hand so let's go back let's circle back as Jen Psaki would do let's circle back and talk about this uh, document that uh, supposedly They're in a skiff in Washington, D.C., taking a look at it. That's from the whistleblower. It's a document, a 1023, that when someone's first reported to the FBI, they fill out a form, Form 1023. It's not classified, by the way. Never classified at 1023, nor is this one. But that 1023 is what is used by the experts in the FBI, the people at the top, to determine if and when there should be a full investigation launched. That 1023 obviously was buried somewhere. This whistleblower has now brought it forward, and this whistleblower has dropped the bomb.
2: The once missing witness from the House GOP's Biden family corruption probe is alive and well. Former Israeli Defense Force Colonel Gal Luft revealing that he's been living as a fugitive in an undisclosed location. This, as former President Trump says, the Bidens are being protected by a one-sided justice system. Watch.
5: They're being protected,
6: and it's a one-sided system. It's a very unfair system, but they're being protected. Look at the time that Biden said about the billion dollars to get rid of the prosecutor. Now, if, can you imagine if I said that? A billion dollars to get rid of the prosecutor. You talk about tape. That's on tape. That's so illegal, what he said. It's America's money. We're not going to give you a billion dollars unless you get rid of the prosecutor that was prosecuting his son and his son's company.
2: Here to unpack it all is New York Post columnist and Fox News contributor Miranda Devine. Good morning to you, Miranda.
4: Good morning, Ainsley. Good
2: morning. Yeah, can you unpack all of this? It gets in the weeds when you start doing research on who Gal Luft is, what he knew. Can you say it in layman's terms for us?
4: Yeah, it's a very strange story. But Gal Luft, essentially is a former Israeli Defence Force high-level officer. He also was a professor who used to be in a think tank in Washington, D.C., working with the Chinese business partners of Hunter and Jim Biden. And so during that period, when the Bidens were receiving millions of dollars from this Chinese energy company, CEFC, Gal Luft had an inside seat to... Uh, see what was going on and uh, when the business partners of Hunter got arrested in New York and disappeared in China, uh, Galluf decided he would go to the authorities and tell them what he knew because he was afraid he'd get caught up in all the legal shenanigans. Um, So he met with uh, four FBI agents and two Department of Justice prosecutors in Brussels in March of 2019, over two days for, I think, 16 hours. And he told them that he knew that Hunter and Jim Biden had received millions of dollars in payments from this Chinese company. He uh, told them that um, he knew where the payments were going to their associate, Rob Walker. And he also told them that Hunter Biden had an FBI mole who had tipped off of the Chinese that there were these indictments coming up. So it was pretty pretty, um, bombshell stuff, but he never heard from them again, like many of these witnesses. And then uh, just a couple of months ago in February this year, he uh, was in Cyprus, he now lives in Israel. He'd gone to Cyprus for a few days and he got arrested. Uh, The FBI had put out a warrant uh, by Interpol for his arrest. He was in jail, denied bail when he got bail. He basically escaped, and people thought he might have been dead, but he contacted me and said, uh, rumors of my death are greatly exaggerated.
2: Wow, and now he's in an undisclosed location because he went to authorities, he has this information, and now he has to hide for probably the rest of his life. It's unbelievable. Uh, Maybe this is what the FBI is talking about. They don't want to give over that document to, to Comer because they said it could jeopardize an ongoing investigation or it could affect people's lives. Pretty scary. Thank you so much, Miranda.
4: Thanks, Ainsley. You're welcome.
2: Have a good weekend. I'm Steve Ducey. I'm Brian Kilmeade. And I'm Ainsley Earhart. And click here to subscribe to the Fox News YouTube page to catch our hottest interviews and most compelling analysis.
1: Click right there. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You got the meat of that. This stuff just comes from out of the air. These people show up. Here's a guy that's hiding for his life. Why would anybody in the United States that's involved in any of this, why would they feel it was necessary for them to hide for their life? Think about that. Is this the kind of stuff supposed to happen in the United States of America? Heck, no, it's not. We live in the freest, fairest country in world history. None of this is supposed to happen. But it's happening, folks, and that means what we thought this nation was, what it was designed to be, ain't what it is actually. There's something going on. There needs some explaining done.
0: Real truth, real news. TNN, the Truth News Network.
1: Hi, Tom Bodette, quote, checking in on
0: my smartphone. Everyone's checking in nowadays, at airports, restaurants, appointments with certain medical specialists. Seriously, people, TMI. Anyway, thanks to the Motel 6 mobile app, you can book a clean, comfortable room at Motel 6 on your smartphone and get a great rate. Then, when you get to Motel 6, you can check in. After you check in, your friends will be totes jealous. I'm Tom Bodette from Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. Dear Mind, I was in a good place, and the world changed.
4: Daily uncertainties became huge struggles.
0: I've missed so much, especially the grandkids. A lot happened to all of us.
4: It's okay to not feel fine.
0: Small things each day go a long way. Make time for you. Take Take care, me.
4: Create a healthier relationship with your mind. Search Dear Mind
2: for more. Authorised by the Queensland Government
6: Don't miss our iHeartRadio at-home session with Jesse McCartney.
0: Presented by Hellman's. An exclusive and intimate performance.
2: At a time when we're craving live music. Watch Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on iHeartRadio's YouTube.
6: Missing that restaurant flavor at home this summer? Hellman's is bringing crave-worthy flavors to you. Serving up new drizzle sauces that you can put on pretty much anything. With flavors like cilantro lime, roasted garlic, and creamy chili honey, you can drizzle, dip, and dress to make home the best restaurant around.
0: Married to the truth, divorced from the lies, fighting for the future. TNN, the Truth News Network, truthnewsnet.org. And again, Dan Newman. We're an
1: hour and 10 minutes into Monday's show. We have just barely scratched the surface. There's a lot of things that we need to talk about. I want to get offline, uh, off message just for a second to address something that came up over the weekend. It's what happened up in Tennessee. Tennessee's legislature, Did a bill, and it banned these um, uh, drag queen shows at schools. Seems logical to me. What about you? Said it was a violation of freedom of speech. So I started thinking through that process by that judge. And it's a federal judge, by the way. Said it's unconstitutional. That means it's a violation of the First Amendment, at least according to this federal judge. I tried to find out before we went live this morning who appointed that federal judge and I didn't have time to get it done. I'll find out for you later, but I thought it was important to talk about this just for a second. So let's just do this. Let's look at what this judge said. Can't have drag queen shows at schools. Can't you can't stop that now, according to the judge. The law is unconstitutional, so that means schools going—excuse uh, me—students going to public schools in Tennessee, they're going to be looking at drag queen shows. Well, why would the legislature pass that law in the first place? Because it's kind of indecent to have little kids looking at the normalization of drag queens, which basically is men dressed up like women and women dressed up like men, always with a sexual attitude or sensation going along with the drag queen shows. That is a fact. So that would be the reason why the Tennessee state legislature passed that law, right? So if this judge maintains that the drag queen show, you can't stop it because it's a violation of First Amendment rights, Let's just carry this down a little bit deeper. When does that stop? What do you mean, Dan? Well, there are a lot of layers of sensualization, stuff like drag queen shows for school students. Where does it stop? Where does it become constitutionally okay and it's going to no longer be against the Constitution. What are you talking about? Strip shows. Strip shows. So it'd be okay for, let's say, a um, a stripper, a school, public school system could bring in a strip show. And how far could that go? What about porn in schools? According to that judge's rendering, That's a violation if you stop it of their First Amendment rights. You try to figure out a way to make doing this okay, and you're going to find out just how vile you are in your thinking. Think about this. We're in the middle of this transgender stuff. And they're normalizing this, making it seem like it's okay. Besides, they've been doing it behind parents' backs now for years. I've got a statistic. Let me see if I still have it up. If I don't, I'll summarize it for you. But it is a incredible statistic. Ah, shoot. I know I have it. I'm going to find it. But it talks about the percentages of people that identify as trans that aren't really trans. And they're blowing up, they being the far left, they're blowing up the numbers trying to normalize it. Here it is. I found it. Let me tell you what it is. Only a very small number of people with gender dysphoria have surgery to align their bodies with their desired sex. So one in six, that's according to a worldwide survey of trans adults earlier this year. One in six of those that identify as being transgender and having uh, gender dysphobia, only 16% of those go under the knife to change their physical appearance. But guess what the real numbers suggest? Up to half of both trans men and women suffer post-op issues or pain so severe they got to have medical attention or additional surgery months later. Now, why is that? It's a very complex operation. It involves crafting the genitalia of the opposite sex using veins, arteries, muscles, and skin from other body parts. The surgeries are risky because the surgeon's having to connect delicate and complicated networks of blood vessels as well as creating the ability to urinate. For trans men, devices are often implanted to allow them to achieve erections and more enjoyable sexual experiences patients are often left with infections pain and difficulty using the toilet or having sex post-surgery one of the biggest studies of its kind by the women's college hospital in ontario canada earlier this year found that more than half more than half of trans women who had bottom surgery were in so much pain years later They were seeking medical attention. For trans men who often have a mechanical device implanted, studies suggest a fifth need and have the implant removed within a year. Sex change operations have been at the center of political debate in recent years amid concerns that patients who get them are vulnerable and they're not fully aware of the risk. Example, studies suggest those who are transgender are six times more likely to suffer from autism and up to 70% of trans youths are chronically depressed. But some studies, including one by the National Institutes of Health, that's Anthony Fauci's old company, suggest patients are happier after the surgery, further complicating the entire issue. A large study last year found more than a third of penis implant procedures to give an erection had complications so bad further surgery was required. Nine months after the procedure, more than 20% of patients had had their devices removed, either due to infection or mechanical failures. Some 67% of the prosthetic penises were inflatable. 13 were semi-rigid. An inflatable implant involves a silicon pump inserted which can be squeezed to generate an erection. A semi-grid implant uses two flexible rods which keep the penis semi-rigid so it can be easily bent down or up during sex. This is nauseating to even bring up to me. But what it says, folks, is it ain't always what it's portrayed to be. And the numbers that we hear aren't anything close to this. Only 16% of gender dysphoria patients go through with the operation. But over half of those that go through the operation end up having it reversed and having serious things happen to them. We're hearing trans stuff glorified by the left. Nobody is talking about the substance, the real stuff going on behind the scenes. It's kind of like the January 6th thing. You know, the pushback against voting irregularity in the 2020 trial. Nobody talks about it. Fox News won't even talk about it. Newsmax won't even talk about it. I mean, look what Dominion voting machines did to Fox News. That was all about Fox News' people talking about irregularity in the voting election results on Dominion voting machines. Dan, Dominion might come after you. I doubt it, but if they do, guess what? First Amendment. I don't have a big enough voice here at Truth News Network to even get Dominion voting machines mad. What's scariest of all about all of this, the trans stuff, the surgery, the gender dysphobia, The election stuff, everybody knows there's stuff there that we're not getting the truth about. But most people are just going, shh, don't talk about it. Wow. Oh my gosh. It just makes you want to, it just makes you want to go somewhere and hide. I mean, it is so crazy, the stuff that's going on, and it's not true. Let me give you another, another thing going on around the nation. High school debating. I started my high school career. One of the reasons I got into broadcasting, got into radio, one of the reasons I'm doing this show is because of debate. I learned how to be comfortable talking to somebody about something that I disagreed with. But I learned how to do it in a factual basis, and it wasn't ever emotional. It wasn't to be about diminishing my debate opponent, but talking about facts. And guess what's happening around the nation, in high schools, in debate? Oh my gosh, debating what can be said and what cannot be said is being censored. What about that First Amendment stuff? It doesn't matter what the left thinks is okay. That's the way it's going to be, right? High school debate clubs
3: used to encourage a healthy and open exchange of ideas, but not anymore. A student claims that she was warned not to bring up former President Trump at a recent tournament.
2: If a student like me who's going into debate to have free and open conversations is being censored in this way, that is no longer debate. And it, the NSDA must be recognized as an organization that is not allowing students like myself to express openly.
3: I saw her when she was on your show. I saw that, saw that interview and you, I thought you, your encouragement of her afterwards was great. What have we come to when you can't, you, you, elements in the debate, you can't mention a name. I mean, I, I didn't hear, I, I saw So it's right like then. It's even she, deeper
7: than that. So a guy named um, Fishback, he wrote a piece uh, for Barry Weiss, that group, the Free Press, about this concern. And it's basically, the debate situation is on, the judges are usually volunteers, okay? And usually, you, you think of a judge, you come in and it's supposed to be non-bias just supposed to okay I'm going to listen to the arguments I'm going to rule based on the merits that's how it's supposed to go well what what has been happening is they some of the judges are posting things online saying you don't bring up israel you you better not say that capitalism is good or that it reduces poverty don't you dare bring up president trump and actually someone actually said that to her not to do that now the topic was about joe biden's foreign policies So she wanted to make a comparison to the previous administration, which is what you do when you're trying to figure out if somebody's policies are good. Uh, The other thing she mentioned is that there is going to be a new requirement with this association to have multiple LGBTQ judges. Oh boy. And that's going to be a requirement even though they don't they don't require anybody to be faith-based or working class or anything else. And so she's actually done with that association. She said she's going to continue to try to debate. But it does dovetail I think with a conversation we had yesterday about that grad graduation where you had yeah. the student who was saying bizarre and horrible things mm-hmm. um it's it's not just college where this is happening now it's seeping into high school
3: in debate sometimes you're presented with the question you, you get to, yeah. they, they ask you to argue something you don't agree with i mean what's your reaction that's something I mean, you're covering well this i never time. was
6: in the debate club in high school i was definitely not smart enough for that and i'm really glad dana that there are more now volunteer transgender high school debate club judges you're happy finally We've broken that glass ceiling. (laughs) You guys keep losing debates. This is on you, Harold. You You guys always come to debates unarmed. You don't know the facts, the figures. You don't know the historical context. So that's why you're trying to shut down the (laughs) debates. You're trying to regulate them. Greg, let's get him.
8: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
6: get him. Biden's skipping debates. Fetterman tried to weasel out of it. The woman in Arizona won because she didn't debate. Could you even imagine Kamala Harris... Not even a debate. How about a discussion, Harold? Could you imagine Kamala Harris doing an hour radio interview with, I don't know, Brett Bear? Speaking of Brett Bear, Joe Biden wouldn't even debate Brett Bear on the Super Bowl. Yeah. This is where we're going. And if you can't debate an issue, that means your issue is weak. And they know the issue is weak. So you know what the best way to do to avoid losing is not play. And that's what this is.
3: Up for debate. I think President Biden should debate, and I think President Trump should debate as well. Judge, what are your thoughts on this?
6: That the the issue is one of free speech, uh, and if we're going back to the fundamental rights, if we're going back to the idea that kids should be able to debate, understand both sides of an issue, the last thing you do is cut back on the free speech and, and the fact that there are arguments on both sides. It defeats the whole purpose of the debate. It really
3: does. God will bring us home.
5: Their argument is that there's no such thing as both sides. If one side is deemed evil, that's the whole thing. So the, the the two sides is actually within their one side, and it's this this whole thing is designed for replication. Let's say a teen is radicalized and then hits the real world, starts reading other books, discovers reality, marries, become a productive member of society. There will always be another radical to replace him or her because this is an idiot conveyor belt. It never ends. It will never run out of these destructive cogs. That means when one gets out, you got to grab him and try to get him back to normal. Take him to some... (laughs) Slap him around. The war on teens. The war on teens continues. My special (laughs) will be on Fox Nation where I go to separate towns and attack teens.
1: I mean, this free speech thing and the founding of the nation, we actually had a duel... You remember that? We had two men, two of our forefathers, get face to face shooting guns. That was the outcome of debates that they were involved in. And now they're, oh, you can't talk about that. Or we gotta we gotta fix the judges. We've gotta be partial. But that's not what debate is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about exercising. Our First Amendment rights. And you do that by making it okay to have different opinions. That's what debating is all about. Speaking of different opinions, we're going to take a break, but on the other side of this, we're going to get into what I thought was hysterical. I was in Atlanta, but I did see it. President Biden face-planted when he was out in Colorado Springs speaking at the commencement for the Air Force Academy, and I'm not laughing at the president, but it's getting a little out of hand. He has a falling down problem, and when that begins to happen frequently, and it is, there's something going on there, and it may just be our president is elderly, and when you get to those years, 80 years old, it's common most people begin to have the tendency to not be as balanced as they were when they were much younger. Now, does that disqualify anybody from serving? And Not necessarily so, that in itself. But guess what? It brings a conversation, a legitimate conversation, that's next. In the steel industry, we
5: dedicate our careers to supporting this country. Making products to build infrastructure and skylines, creating jobs, supporting families. And when domestic materials are used, the money stays in our communities. That's what really matters. These people, these places, that's worth supporting.
2: Juice drinks, sodas, and sports drinks are loaded with added sugars and calories and have little or no nutritional value.
4: Sugary drinks can destroy teeth, cause obesity, and lead to type 2 diabetes. Sugar bites protect your kids. Playing football, you run up to 120 pitches, you work out 650 muscles, you withstand three times your body weight, you treble your adrenaline production, you raise your heartbeat to 180 times per minute, and in the end, you lose up to three liters of sweat for one goal. This game is not a game. Gatorade works with no artificial colors or sweeteners.
2: Welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order? Yeah, I'll have a pre-meeting pump-up, a Monday fixer, and a screaming boss recovery. So that's one peppermint mocha, one McCafe frappe, and one fruit smoothie? Yep.
0: Name your drink. McDonald's has it. We're your destination for those special flavors that help you get through your day. Get any small McCafe smoothie, frappe, shake, or espresso drink for only $2. Even the delicious new peppermint mocha. For a limited time, price and participation may vary.
1: Song. That was a Steely Dan song. It was kind of, kind of different, was not it? I forget, even forget the name of it. But I, but it was one. I, I kind of like Steely Dan. They came to Louisiana Tech back in, uh, oh gosh, I guess it was 19, 1972, 1973 to the concert. They were really good. They were different. They still are. Anyway. Joe Biden still has the mainstream media in this corner, no question about it. So with all this falling down stuff, I remembered Donald Trump had a little bit of this, a little bit of a problem in the media about it. So I went and looked at the coverage from when the New York Times covered Trump when he slowly walked down a ramp at West Point. Remember that? The middle of winter. And we found out the reason why he was slowly walking down that ramp was he had on leather-soled shoes. And the ramp was frozen. He was just being very careful. But that's not what the New York Times said about it. I'm going to quote what the New York Times said. Quote, Trump's halting walk down the ramp raises new health questions. That's the headline. And the story was full of allegations that Trump isn't healthy enough at 74 to be the president. Why? Why? because he walked slowly down a ramp. So, I went and looked at the Times' coverage of Biden himself actually falling from the Times. Biden falls on stage at Air Force commencement. A White House official said President Biden was totally fine. So what does the New York Times say? When Biden falls, they just go right for the White House spin, What do they do when Donald Trump doesn't fall? They say it raises questions about Trump's health. And by the way, in that New York Times story about the Colorado Springs Air Force Academy deal, they again raise the issue in the same story about Donald Trump walking slowly down a ramp after his speech at West Point. This media is in the tank. And when you watch the video, it's easy to see why people have lost trust in the American media, if we ever had it. Trump took heat from critics, including Biden, by the way, when he did walk down that ramp at West Point. And then-candidate Biden was in the middle of a presidential campaign, and he took a swipe at his Republican incumbent counterpart. Look at how he steps and look at how I step. This is Biden talking. Watch how I run up ramps. And he stumbles down ramps, Biden joked. Come on. I remember at that same point in the campaign, Joe Biden, uh, excuse me, right after he got elected, he tripped and fell three times on the same trip up the steps to Air Force One. Biden hit the deck on Thursday after he uh, delivered the Air Force Academy's commencement address. The White House said the president tripped over a sandbag and he wasn't injured by the fall. Trump, who's also running for another term in the White House, when he was told about Biden's fall on Thursday, he immediately referenced that ramp controversy back in 2020. Trump said, well, I hope he wasn't hurt, but the the whole thing is crazy you got to be careful about that, because you don't want that, even if you have to tiptoe down a ramp, which is what he did. (laughs) President Biden face-planted quite a bit of difference. So have you heard the latest coming out about that January 6th debacle that happened where the Democrats used that charade for weeks going after President Donald Trump? They cheated. The Democrats cheated. That Democrat-led House Select Committee that was put together to investigate January 6th, they have doctored a key piece of its evidence. And what was that? They added audio to silent U.S. Capitol Police security footage that they used to create a dramatic video montage for the opening of its primetime hearings last year. In at least two different instances, identified by Just the News, the news site, the panel's sizzle reel that aired live and on C-SPAN last June, it failed to identify that it had overdubbed audio from another unidentified source onto the silent video footage multiple current and former Capitol Police officials as well as key lawmakers and even some congressional aides confirmed that the closed-circuit cameras that captured the video don't record sound, and that it was added afterwards. A spokesman for the J6 committee said that the panel was supposed to clearly mark any video that was dubbed with another audio source, and it did so on some occasions in the sizzle reel. But it was identified two key pieces of Capitol Police closed-circuit television footage, one from an inside angle showing the dramatic breach of a key entrance to the Capitol by rioters, and the other an aerial view of the agitated crowd outside from a camera system that Capitol Police officials confirmed did not record any sound. Yet, the footage shown by the committee inexplicably including sound on the video montage that they produced, that video is without any disclaimer showing the audio has been dug. So, spokesman, other aides for the J6 committee and its former chairman, Democrat Rep. Benny Thompson, Democrat of uh, Mississippi, did not return haven't responded to any immediate request for comment on why the two key scenes were dubbed without the public being told about it. The chairman of the current GOP-led House administration subcommittee that continues to investigate security failures of January 6 blasted the decision to dub audio without informing the public, saying it was further proof Democrats wanted to sway opinion Rather than put facts together, what the American people want to know is the truth. This was nothing but a Hollywood production. That's Representative Barry Loudermilk, Republican from Georgia, no noise television show. (laughs) The committee spent $18 million plus, at least that's what we know of, to write a dossier against Donald Trump and to create this Hollywood production. And when I looked at the videos, it's clear. It's apparent to me that it is a Capitol Police security video film. There is no audio whatsoever. And so, yes, it was dubbed there for dramatic effect. And that shows that what they were trying to do is sway public opinion, not to get the truth out. The full and unadulterated CCTV security footage is in the possession of the House Administration Committee. Just the News was authorized by Speaker Kevin McCarthy and the committee to review the footage, make copies of any newsworthy moments, as was, by the way, our very own Steve Baker, who will be on the show with us live on on tomorrow, in our second hour. Last Thursday, released footage of former Speaker Nancy Pelosi's evacuation from the Capitol during the riot showed... She let her daughter film the Exit Hollywood style, an act the former police chief said was a distraction for her security detail. Now, Lattermilk has had his own battles with the January 6th committee. They falsely accused him of leading a reconnaissance operation inside the Capitol for rioters the day before the attack. Capitol Police concluded the committee's allegation was false, and all the congressman had done was give a tour to his constituents in nearby congressional office buildings. One video clip from the genuine security footage shows an aerial view of the Capitol without sound as the riot unfolded, yet during the hearing the same clip aired and it had audio crowd noises. What is the meaning of all of this. Why would we even be bringing that up? Because it was a charade. The guy that produced it was a former television producer, network producer. They hired him and brought him in to glorify it and make it look as bad as they could possibly make it look to former President Donald Trump and to quieten all of the pushback among the American people. In government, and out of government because they want to diminish, they want to stop the conversations about there possibly being anything wrong, anything evil, and certainly anything unconstitutional or criminal in what happened at the Capitol that day. Steve Baker, by the way, is still up to his eyeballs in investigations And even though we have a subcommittee in Congress in the House that's working on that right now, we'll probably never know all of the facts of that day, things that happened in Washington, D.C., because so many people in government, especially Democrats, are lying through their teeth about stuff, and they've clammed everybody that dissents with what they're saying. They've clamped their voices with threats. It's kind of a uh, authoritarian thing to do, right? So one former FBI agent, you probably have heard her. She came out and she's appeared on various television shows, but she's warned of drastic shifts in the FBI after the Trump-Russia probe and that people in the FBI or horrified. Nicole Parker is her name. She was an FBI agent for 12 years. She appeared on Maria Bartiromo's show over the weekend to talk about the difference between what the agency once was and what it is today, what it's becomes. Talking about terrifying consequences for whistleblowers who dare to come out and hold the FBI accountable. You have people that are seeing things they do not agree with, but they are terrified to speak up. She's talking to Maria. They're terrified, Parker said. Look at what they, the FBI, did to some of these whistleblowers. Now, the House Judiciary Committee and Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government, they released a report in May that talked about new whistleblower testimony from a couple of current and former FBI employees. It exposed the abuses and misconduct in the FBI. In that report, the whistleblowers recounted just how the Bureau's retaliatory conduct against them occurred after they made protected disclosures about what they believed in good faith to be wrong conduct by the FBI. This former FBI agent, Parker, slammed the FBI asserting that if you speak up, they're going to find just anything on you, and they're going to rip you to shreds, that's terrifying to anyone. So as they always do, in response, the FBI fires off a statement to Fox News, where Maria had this former FBI agent on. And that statement claimed, quote, The FBI's mission is to uphold the Constitution and protect the American people. In order to accomplish this mission, FBI employees are entrusted with access to sensitive and classified information. Because of the sensitive positions they occupy, FBI employees must demonstrate good judgment, trustworthiness, and reliability by following the law, regulations, and internal policies. It's a security concern if an employee fails to do so. And as part of our responsibility to protect sensitive national security information, the FBI must investigate such failures. The FBI's security investigations and decision-making are in accordance with the legal authorities and guidelines that all federal agencies are required to follow so they can objectively determine whether an individual should be eligible to access sensitive and classified information. Makes sense to me. The FBI has not and will not retaliate against individuals who make protected whistleblower disclosures. Why don't we, humbly as an agency, the FBI, look back and say, you know what? Maybe we should humbly listen and let's see. Is there something we could fix Now, this is former Agent Parker talking there. She's been with the agency for a long time. She joined the FBI in 2010 while Barack Obama was in office and has watched as it has morphed into something unrecognizable. She said the trickle-down effect started at the top. It came all the way down to the field offices. She served in Miami at the division of the FBI there. She says she and her colleagues witnessed the FBI change after the Trump-Russia probe, also known as Operation Crossfire. That's really when it came to light, she told Fox News host Maria Bartiromo. The FBI shifted the trajectory of the FBI. Its mission seemed to have stayed the same on paper, but it changed dramatically. Hmm. The former agent said that agents everywhere saw the changes happening but didn't come forward out of fear of repercussions by the agency. You know, so many of us are living our lives by those rules. Just sit down and shut up and be quiet about it. Don't get in the middle of it. You're going to have to explain your positions, and when you try to do that, you could be canceled. Or if you once worked for the Clintons, you could be suicided. I've got a soundbite on Freud on fraud, not Freud's Sigmund Freud, no. On fraud happening in our green energy big deal stuff. Oh my gosh. And let me just let me just label it for you and we'll get right to it. Green energy happens to not be energy at all. I'll repeat that. Green energy, green energy is not absolutely energy at all.
6: Uh, I want you to take a look at this headline. It reads, quote, don't be fooled. Green energy is neither green nor energy. That's quite a headline, is it not? Uh, Alex Epstein wrote that, and he's the founder and CEO of Center for Industrial Progress and joins me now. All right, Alex, I love the headline, but
5: make your case. Sure. So the the idea of green energy in most people's heads is, well, we want the same kind of energy we get from fossil fuels and nuclear and hydro. We just want it with less pollution, with less, quote, uh, impact. But then you see, well, Why are you against nuclear and hydro? That's one thing because those are clean and those are non carbon. And yet the green movement is the biggest opponent of those things. And if it's not that solar and wind are so great, solar and wind actually don't provide real energy in the sense of reliable Energy They provide unreliable energy and they parasite on the broader grid and they usually take no responsibility for the costs they impose so they're not really energy. But then if you look at are they green well green means minimal or no environmental impact and yet because these are very dilute sources of energy the sun and wind are dilute. They end up having a huge impact now I don't think this is necessarily bad I'm not against environmental impact as such environmental impact is how we survive. But the green movement is. And so my my argument is it's not green and they will oppose it. And in fact, they already oppose mining and building transmission lines and the huge construction projects. And so I think the green movement is an anti-energy movement because energy is all about impacting the world. It allows us to impact the world through farms and factories and all these other things. And so I think green energy is a fraud. The green movement pretends to be for this imaginary form of energy, Ooh. pretending they'll accept it as green, but they'll actually oppose it like they oppose everything else. And we're already seeing this happen.
1: And the green energy crowd, the Green New Deal, it's being repurposed and brought back to Congress by who? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Absolutely going to bring it back around full circle, never got any legs previously, other than some of its far-left green energy stuff that was foisted on the American people Hundreds of billions of dollars just thrown down the sink of, uh, the ethereal sink of, I guess, to the sewers across the nation. And she's pulling it back out. You know, last week we got an economy report that uh, was really positive in some ways. Added significantly more jobs than was anticipated last month. But keep data in the latest jobs report, shows cause for concern. The country added 339,000 jobs in non-farm payroll employment in the establishment survey. That collects data from non-agricultural businesses, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. This household survey, which collects data from households, reveals some indications that the economy is headed in a bad direction. That's according to experts. While the headline jobs number blew away expectations, it was way, way higher. That's not the whole story. This is according to E.J. Antony, who's a research fellow for regional economics at the Heritage Foundation. When the report is viewed holistically, as opposed to cherry-picking a single point, it's further evidence that we're headed toward recession, the R word. The survey showed the number of Americans working multiple jobs it went up, and unincorporated self-employment went down. When people move from self-employment to working for a business, or when they take a second or third job, that increases non-farm payrolls, even though the actual number of people employed hasn't changed. This household survey does not count any duplication of individuals because they're only counted one time regardless of how many jobs they work. The household survey shows the opposite of the establishment survey, with a loss of 310,000 jobs. It also showed a drop of 23,000 full-time jobs, and that part-time jobs plummeted by almost a quarter of a million. He said the report shows the labor market has moved from growth to contraction. Now, what does that mean? Well, the report dovetails perfectly with other data that show cash-strapped consumers are getting additional jobs, leaving self-employment, because their wages aren't keeping up with inflation, inflation. Chief Economist at the American First Institute, Michael Faulkner, said that Friday's report was a little bit confusing. There's a divergence between the payrolls and rate data that suggests the data is not capturing some of the key information. The accuracy of official government data has declined, and the Biden administration owes the Federal Reserve, Congress, and the American people an explanation for it. All three groups will have additional difficulty making important decisions without reliably accurate data. We therefore run an increased risk of implementing ineffective public policy. Now, in case you missed the numbers Friday, unemployment went up 0.3% to 3.7%. Falkender explained this rise came from the decline in workers recorded in the household survey and that this could be an ominous site for economy. If gig workers get hit with labor reduction or layoffs before salaried employees, this could be an early indication of job impacts that are coming. And here we go. We get through it again. Just because you think something's right doesn't mean it's right. And just because you think something's wrong doesn't make it wrong. But something is about something. (laughs) Something is about something. Don't go anywhere. We're going to wrap the show up right after this. Yeah, right after this.
0: It's a lot to take in, but when you need a refresher, it's all here. 24-7, 365. Every podcast, every blog. TNN, the Truth News Network. Truthnewsnet.org.
6: New Dunkin' Refreshers. Vibrant fruit flavors like strawberry dragon fruit and peach passion fruit. B vitamins and energy from green tea. All under 200 calories. Order ahead via the Dunkin' App for contactless. Way to order, pay, and pick up in the drive-thru. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.
0: In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the Internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit weusecoins.com.
1: I want to um, I want to finish the show today by telling you about something. That I think is critical. This Green New Deal, it's one of the most socialistic legislative proposals ever conceived in Congress. If we ever get it foisted upon us, and they're trying to again, it would, among many other things, create massive new spending programs, would eliminate pollution and greenhouse gas emissions as much as technologically feasible, transform all U.S. manufacturing and transportation, every bit of it, and upgrade all existing buildings in the U.S. This Green New Deal would also make substantial changes to our vast agriculture, create a jobs guarantee, and provide everybody with government-managed health care, economic security, healthy food, and access to nature. In other words, it would take over the world. Think about that. The clock is ticking. Yes, the clock is ticking. Now, what does that mean? We don't know what time it is. We're going to get there wherever we're going, but we don't know what time it is, at least from way back in nineteen. 70 we're going to finish the show today with a song thank you for being here we had fun I had fun I hope you did too and I'll finish it by uh, asking you a question does anybody really know what time it is (laughs) we'll see you tomorrow with
9: TNN Live I was walking down the street